are back, Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. It is a Wednesday, and uh, we just went from a long, I would say, long, six days off for uh, Fourth of July weekend. Hope everybody enjoyed their Fourth of July, uh, celebrating obviously the country and and all that good stuff. Hot dog eating contests. I think another record-setting hot dog eating contest, which we'll talk about later. Joey Chestnut taking back his crown, doing it for America. 70 hot dogs, my goodness. So, uh, interesting, you know, situation with that. But you know what's funny? People are a little surprised. Why would I start off by talking about the hot dog eating contest when we have probably the craziest, and I mean insane, NBA free agency period than I think ever? Obviously, because of the big jump in salary cap, the uh, big numbers being thrown at, like let's be honest, little names. These are not the big marquee names are getting $50 million contracts, $75 million contracts. Uh, it's it's remarkable. You know, Mike Conley is the highest paid player in NBA history from a contract perspective. $153 million over five years. That's over $30 million a year, guys. That's, that's a lot of money. For Mike Conley, who I think is a great player, great player, but he's never been amongst the top five in point guards. He's never been an all-star. But yet, he's been able to get $153 million out of the Memphis Grizzlies. That's beyond max. Even with that happening... Even with the Knicks, you know, bringing in Joakim Noah and and Brandon Jennings. Good players. Knicks have something growing there. That's beyond the big story. The big story, if you've been living under a rock or just, I don't know, just decided to just avoid all contact with anyone else for the next last couple of days. TVs, radios, newspapers, everything you've avoided. Kevin Durant. Quite arguably one of the top three players in the NBA. Made his decision. And he made his decision in regards to where he's going to play next year. Where, you know, he wants to try and get that next title. A lot of people are assuming he'll stay in OKC. That was the the thought. That's what a lot of people were saying. I even saw ESPN reports leading up to it saying that, oh, there's a 90% chance he stays in, in OKC. There's no way he leaves. Sure enough, smack dab in the middle of the afternoon. We get the Players' Tribune, Derek Jeter's publication, which has broken so much news from the athletes themselves lately. That indeed, Kevin Durant has made a decision and he has decided to go with the Golden State Warriors. The same Golden State Warriors that lost in the finals by one game by, I think, three points or so. The same Golden State Warriors that won an NBA regular season record 73 games. The same Golden State Warriors that trotted out three All-Stars, three top players in the NBA, two of which are on this this year's Olympic team. The same Golden State Warriors that have the back-to-back MVP, the unanimous MVP on their team. The same Golden State Warriors that defeated your Oklahoma City Thunder when you had a three games to one lead. Kevin Durant, 
who I remember tweeted, uh, I think this was around the time when they were starting to form up the whole the Miami Heat or the Heatles, as they, they like to have been called back then, with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. He hated on that fact. He thought, like, it's kind of corny that players would want to jump on with other great players to win a title. But nonetheless, he did the same thing. Kevin Durant just told the NBA that, you know what? I can't win with Russell Westbrook. I can't. Yes, I'm a great player. Yes, I'm a top five, top three player in the NBA right now. But Russell Westbrook is not enough for me to win a title. So, yes, I'm going to piggyback on Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. I want, I'm going to join that party. I, I just don't want to work so hard. That's the new NBA we're in right now. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to kill Kevin Durant for this decision. Because at the end of the day, it's his decision. It's his money. It's his career. I'm just killing the whole notion because he wasn't the first one to do this. We, this has been going on for a while now. It, it hurts from me as a fan. I would like to see some disparity. I like to see, uh, you know, every team have an all-star. Every team go into the season with a, a, a good enough chance with this optimism that they could actually, you know, they could actually win in the playoffs. They could actually win a championship. I don't think that's a lot to ask. I mean, you're talking about OKC, great fan base. They've they've been great. He's been great to the community. I think Sam Presti uh, said it best. I'm going to try to get that sound up later. But they they loved Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant loved OKC. But I think after nine years with an organization, he started thinking about big picture. I want to be known as a winner. That's what everybody wants to be known as. Let's, let's, let's be real, okay? Everybody wants to be known as a winner. There's a lot of harsh words, and I'm going to play a lot of clips in regards to this. Everyone had an opinion. Obviously, I have my opinion. You're, you're Stephen A. Smith going off. I'm going to play a little bit of that. And just trying to gauge what people are expecting this year. I, I have to admit, this is ex- it's exciting to look at this team on paper. It looks like an all-star team. It looks like the team you're going to see playing in Rio. He's basically going to be playing with his teammates. Obviously, Golden State, to make the move, had to cut some cut some people, uh, make some moves. They traded Andrew Bogut to Dallas. Dallas then went and, and gave a max contract to Harrison Barnes because they were desperate. They didn't get anybody. Uh, Dallas is that they just always seem attractive, but they could never land the right one, that right player. They, they, they're like really bad at courting apparently. And it's, it shocks me when you have Mark Cuban, who is Mr. Shark Tank himself, cannot land these high-priced top free agents when they're available. They're kind of always settling for these second-tier guys. It's a little disappointing. But uh, it's I'm, I'm going to go full Kevin Durant for a while. Just because it is huge, it just changed the whole landscape of the NBA moving forward. Going to get into that in more in depth, as well as some other free agent moves, which I thought were interesting. And this whole money, how the money has just changed every this TV money, and then next year it's going to be even more. My goodness, you're you're looking at stuff that yes, the players deserve this money. Let's be real. A lot of this money was going to a lot of the owners. 
If you read the the way the contracts were done, all this TV money, because everybody wants to broadcast the NBA, the owners were benefiting a lot. It's nice seeing the players get paid. It sucks for the players that are already under contract that can't enjoy this moment right now and are just waiting for their contracts to be up. I've never seen so many people opt out of their deals. Ever. Ever. But uh, like I said, I could spend all day on that. Uh, baseball. All-Star Game rosters announced. It, it might as well be, look, American League, National League, I get it. But it might as well be Red Sox versus Cubs. That's how, you know, unbalanced in terms of the, the selections by the fans and the entire infield, not counting the catcher for the National League, is the infield for the Cubs. That's insane. I'm, I'm going to go through the roster and, uh, you know, share my thoughts in regards to that. But that is insane. Just wow. And as always, taking your phone calls, 516-900-2278. Hit me up on Twitter, at Edison Jr. And let me know what you think about this whole, like, Kevin Durant situation. I, it's it's big stuff, man. That's, that's all I got to say. We'll be right back. You listen to Sports Social Eddie's the Hero Southcast you know, FM. I was wondering, you know, if, if you could keep on because the force has got a lot of power and it, it makes me feel like a, it. It makes me feel like. A,
I'd just like to start off by saying, um, you know, of course, we're, uh, we're disappointed that uh, Kevin Durant's tenure with the Thunder organization uh, has come to a close. Um, we'd all, um, you know, uh, like to think that um, uh, it could continue forward, but uh, that's not the case. And, um, you know, in these situations, I think um, before we talk about the future, I do think it's important to uh, be very grateful and thankful. And I'd like to thank Kevin for not only, you know, what he did for the team and um, uh, our organization on the floor, but also for what it is that he did for Oklahoma. Um, I think uh, he was synonymous with the Oklahoma City uh, community as well as the Thunder organization. Um, and very rarely in pro sports are you uh, in a situation where a player has that kind of relationship and meaning to a city. And um, I think he helped Oklahoma City and Oklahoma in general in many ways, uh, in addition to just being a fantastic, fantastic basketball player. So we need to be thankful for that, and we absolutely are. Um, at the same time, we're incredibly proud of the accomplishments that have taken place um, over the last eight years. Uh, four out of six Western Conference Finals, as most of you know, uh, being, um, I think, second in the league in playoff series victories and having the fourth best uh, record in all of professional sports. Um, he was a contributor to all of those things. Uh, and as an organization, we should be incredibly proud of, of, of what his tenure uh, represented. Um, again, um, when you get into a situation where a player of this magnitude chooses to pursue um, another challenge in their career, um, I think we've always shown that um, you know, we're not going to be deterred. We're going to continue to advance. And, um, and we've always taken the approach of you know, things are more new beginnings than endings. And there's a new beginning here for the Thunder. Um, uh, and you know we have to embrace that. We have to um, we have to lean into that. And no, none of us are under the illusion that uh, Kevin Durant um, you know would would be here forever. Um, we understand that this is a business, and he has to do what he feels is best uh, for him. Uh, but we also understand that um, part of part of the NBA and part of sports in general is 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 change. Uh, even when you'd prefer that wasn't the case. So. Um, uh, in terms of moving forward, you know, obviously we have a lot of different scenarios um, uh, that we plan for uh, in, under these circumstances. We're going to take a step back, uh, look at those uh, carefully, um, try to make, um, you know, uh, quality, thoughtful decisions. And those of you that have been around us and, and, and been with us for the eight years we've been here, um, you know, we've never been impulsive. We've never been... Uh, be strong and be healthy and be competitive. And I feel like we've been able to do that. So we wouldn't change that right now. Um, so we'll be careful and thoughtful and, 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 and hopefully intelligent, how, intelligent about how we go forward. Um, I don't think we'd be in the position that we are right now in terms of the accomplishments over the last eight years if we hadn't taken that approach. So although um, you know, the organization um, will be different, Without Kevin, um, the principles, the values, uh, the things that he helped establish as one of the founding fathers of the organization remain intact, 
and will serve as a bedrock for us going forward. The fans themselves in Oklahoma City are very unique because one of the things that they've done for Kevin Durant and others is they've created unconditional support, unconditional support. And I think in Oklahoma City, if you're playing hard and you're giving effort off the floor, they cheer for you. And that helps, in my opinion. Players grow and thrive. And I think Kevin was a big beneficiary of that. And he'll now take a lot of those things that he has um, uh, experienced and, and, and built on here, and he's going to apply those somewhere else. Um, but that's not, um, that's, not a, that's not a statement of Oklahoma, for sure. The city should be incredibly proud of what they've helped create for the Thunder. Um, it's not possible without that. And, and um, they need to carry that on. They need to carry on the spirit and the fight and the grit um, because that was here before the thunder. <laughs> that was here before the thunder. That spirit, that ability to, to continue to press forward, that's, that's in the water here. And um, I think all of us, Kevin included, was a beneficiary of that um, approach and in what's in what's in Oklahoma. So I would my message would be carry on, carry on and, and continue to be, you know, uh, proud of what it is that you represent. It's much bigger than the Thunder. That was Sam Presti, the uh, GM for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And he, he just made a lot of great points. First of all, he took the high road, which is something that we're not used to when it comes to situations like this. Uh, he didn't try to bash Kevin Durant. He actually, you know, thanked him for his time here. And he understood it's a man's choice at the end of the day. You know, he's the guy wanted to leave. You're not going to hold a gun to his head and try to make him stay. All you can do is persuade him and say, this is our plan. This is what we want to do if you, uh, could, you know, intend on staying here. And uh, Kevin obviously made the decision to go with the Warriors. But uh, I just thought Sam Presti handled it with a lot of class, a lot of humility, and respect for the guy. And I think that's something that Kevin Durant's going to remember. It didn't end the way like LeBron's situation was with uh, Dan Gilbert with the letter and talking about how, you know, he's not a king, he's a fraud, he's all these things, how the Cavaliers would win one, before, you know, without him. Obviously, that did not happen. They had to wait till they got him back. But uh, I think it'll be an easier process if that's something Kevin Durant wants to pursue in terms of going back to Oklahoma City. So, you know, it's it, it, it just – that's how you end it on good relationship terms. You try your best. You not, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of people upset. But uh, if you just stay positive with what's going on, it didn't work out. There was other thoughts. There were other things that people wanted to do. You got to just let it go. So that's what a lot of these uh, GMs, uh, I don't know if they're going to take that as the right way. Uh, this isn't like DeAndre Jordan where he said he was coming, he was going to go there, and he didn't go there. It's not like that. This was a guy that wanted to make a decision. He wants to win a title really bad, as you can tell, because there's no reason to do this because the money's not there right now for that. They only got, like, 50, I think $54 million out of it for two years. He'll probably make more next year. This is a win-now move, like, period. There's, there's no other way to look at it. And uh, have him lined up with just uh, – it's just a murderous row. You're talking about Curry, Thompson, Green. Now you add Durant in there. It's – it's going to be tough. And you got guys like David West, who's, who's been ring chasing for about the last two years now. He's uh, signed a one-year deal to be an extra guy up front because they lost out. Now Festus Zeal, he's going to be gone. Andrew Bogut's gone. 
They need some of our help up front. And Zaza Pachulia was also picked up, who's a very, very underrated center. I think Zaza Pachulia does a great job everywhere he goes. But uh, he signs these low short contracts. But a very talented center. So he's he's perfect for that team. Uh, David Lee may be coming back. We've been hearing Ray Allen a lot. Like, Ray Allen's been on the radar, you know, because he's never retired. Let's let's put that out there. Ray Allen is never officially retired. He just said that he's waiting for the right team to uh, pick him up. But um, he's a guy that could be perfect for this team. Let's be honest. He'd give you a good 10, 15 minutes of solid play. He's a, he's a shooter. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you don't lose your jump shot. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to how this is going to play out. I'm a big fan of Durant as a player. This may not be the most you know ideal way that people would have expected him to 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 handle it, but it's his choice. It's Kevin Durant's choice. He wants to you know. He wants to go out there and, and win a title. You got to let him do it. Now, moving forward, what is this going to do with the with the Thunder? They got a whole lot of questions when it comes to Russell Westbrook, etc. cetera. Uh, Westbrook, obviously, is a guy that wants to be a free agent, I believe, next year. And I can see him getting traded to L.A. just because Oklahoma City doesn't want to have what just happened this year with Durant, where a guy just walks and you get nothing in return, so... I could definitely see him going to LA, and you know we you got to realize this is a this was a long run with OKC, and you always say appreciate it, you know appreciate the moment. You know they don't happen often, so it's it's something that you have to just keep in mind that it doesn't happen all the time. Now, I got to see. I don't know if anybody was on ESPN as this whole thing was going down and just how big it got for Stephen A. Smith, who you already know is a very passionate guy about anything going on with the NBA. He jumped on SportsCenter and, uh, when this was breaking news, and he was not so, uh, let me say, he wasn't very Sam Presti with his remarks in terms of how Kevin Durant handled the situation and joining the, the uh, Golden State Warriors. Let's take a listen. How are you viewing this move from Durant? Well, I'm viewing it as the weakest move I've ever seen from a superstar. Plain and simple. That's just how I look at it. Uh, It's not that he's leaving Oklahoma City. If you're not happy there and you want to move on and you want to grow as a player, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. He's one of the top three players in the world. He's a quintessential superstar. He deserves all the credit in the world for the talent that he possesses. But the flip side is this. They were up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals. Not one, not two, but three different times. He was 48 minutes removed from um, getting to the NBA Finals by winning the Western Conference. Three times he failed, particularly in Game 6. And you depart for the team that beat you when you're on the cusp of getting to the Finals yourself or ultimately winning the championship for the franchise that you've been with since you've come into the NBA. I think it's incredibly weak, and I don't want to hear any comparisons to that of LeBron James when LeBron James left Cleveland for South Beach. When LeBron left Cleveland, the cupboard was bare. Uh, he was the basically he was basically the only dude in Cleveland. It was LeBron James and a bunch of no names. In the case of Kevin Durant, you have one of the top five players in the world as your teammate. You've got Billy Donovan, who's proven to be an exceptional coach. You've got a coaching staff. You've got a first class organization. You've got Enos Canton, Stephen Adams, and all of these boys. You are legitimately a champion 
championship contender. You are the difference. You are the superstar. And you depart for the team that beat you, that's been the, the two-time reigning uh, defending Western Conference champions, who's won a championship in the last two years. You're jumping on a bandwagon as far as I'm concerned. That's just the way that I look at it. I don't think there's any way to deny that. Uh, you know, all the reporters, whether it's Ramona, it's Chris Broussard, everybody doing an exceptional job, you know, pointing out the things that they point out. I don't disagree with anything anybody is saying. But in the end, what it comes down to is that Kevin Durant is one of the top three players in the world. And he ran away from the challenge that he faces in order to jump on a bandwagon of a team that's a little bit better, that's already rife with at least one superstar, a couple of guys that can really, really get it done. I just view it as him jumping on the bandwagon, and I think it's the weakest move I've ever seen by a superstar, plain and simple. I understand Steve saying they were up 3-1 on Golden State, and they should have won that. But this is similar, Steve, man. I, 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 this is very similar, I think, to what LeBron did. So I, I can't rip uh, KD for this. Well, I'm not. Listen, I'm rip. I'm not ripping him for leaving. First of all, I'm ripping him for the team that he went to. You're going to the team that beat you when you were 48 minutes away on three separate occasions from beating them yourself. It's not that he's leaving Oklahoma City. It's the team that he's going to. And Chris Broussard, you've covered this league too long. I don't know how in God's name you can sit there and say <laughs> that it's a similar situation how to what LeBron, LeBron experienced was the best in Cleveland. LeBron, and, and, no, no, LeBron no, 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 is being whoa, whoa, compared whoa, 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 to Michael Jordan. Wait, wait, who, who, and you who's, who's know on the, the criticism LeBron took, which is similar to what you're saying. My, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, go I'm ahead. I'm asking a question. All right, what Tell is Tell me it? who was LeBron James' teammates. Who are they? They were good enough to help him get yeah, 66 on, no, no, no. wins. I asked you a question. All right. It's a direct question, Mo, Chris. He, he didn't have a Russell Mo, Westbrook. He Mo, didn't have a Russell Westbrook. Keep going. Hold on, Steve. Could they not have beaten Boston? It's not the same. And not only that, there were more things that were going on in Cleveland on a personal level, which right. you know just as well as anybody that influenced LeBron leaving Cleveland, too. What's KD's excuse? Oh, Are you kidding me? His growth as a player, how does Golden State speak to that better than Oklahoma City? It reminds you of what Jerry West talked to him about. You know, um, Jerry West talked to him about you will be viewed as a more than a great scorer. If you come here with other great scorers and win championships, people will notice your rebounding. People will notice your defense. Hmm. Um, and playing with – I've talked to players, ex-players around the league recently about Durant. And they said, what you want to do is grow old gracefully. And the best way to grow old gracefully is to surround yourself with better players so you don't have to do as much. You don't have to carry as much of the burden. Obviously, he's carrying a huge burden in Oklahoma City. Now that load lightens. So as he leaves his prime, probably, what, four or five years, he's going to be with better players. Tim Duncan's a prime example. He's grown old gracefully, maybe better than any player in recent memory, because other teammates were there to carry the load and the burden for him. So, you know, this is something that um, – I, there have been rumblings about all season, and one person, an executive from Golden State, just texted me and said, I can't believe he did it. Because what I was hearing recently is that he wants to do it, but he's worried about the reaction. Mm. You know, we saw what happened with LeBron James when he left Cleveland. Kevin Durant is similar to LeBron in that they care what people think. They're genuinely nice guys, and he didn't want to experience that. And so that was a concern of his, but obviously he did what he felt was best for him.
All right, so that was the ESPN breaking news on that. You saw how exciting it got between Stephen A. Smith and Chris Broussard, who you heard more at the end, just uh, giving their thoughts on, you know, on just the whole deal and, like, why, just why he would make this deal. Um, Now, obviously, the basketball reasons make sense. The personal reasons, that's really what this comes down to for everybody in the world. They want to see contenders going at each other. It was such a great series between OKC and Golden State win seven games also. And people want to see that. That's what got the playoffs a little bit more exciting because leading up to that, it was just, all right, sweep, okay, beat down, okay, blowout. That's all it was. But uh, after that happened, you had a new uh, appreciation for the playoffs. You you know, obviously the, the finals were what they were. They were exciting. But you can't take away from the fact that OKC versus Golden State looked like it had one of those those great fighting moments where it could just be, uh, you know, everybody uh, could go down as rivalry. Because I, I love the rivalry between the Clippers and, and Warriors, even though the, the, the Warriors always beat them. But you could tell they don't like each other. They don't want to be with each other. They want to beat each other. I, I like that. That's how it should be. It's it's just things like that people miss. That that's that nineties, eighties, even seventies basketball where you had the rivalries, you had the names going against each other. Those are the marquee matchups that are lost because of this. Everyone knows OKC is not going to be on the same level of Golden State now. Let's be honest, it's just not. So it's uh it's it's definitely an upsetting situation for NBA fans out there. And uh, just to just to you know put this in perspective before we go to break, Wimbledon is going on right now. Serena Williams, Venus Williams, they're both going to go. They're both in the semifinals, and they have all this going on. But yet, the question I was asked is Serena Williams, all the way in London doing Wimbledon. This is the question she's asked. She's asked about the Kevin Durant signing. That's how big this story is. Just to put people in perspective, everything on Fourth of July stops. When that happened, everything stopped. I mean, what else can I say? Like everything just it ceased to exist. It was just nothing, nothing great happening. That's how important the news of Kevin Durant signing. That's how important it was. So before I go to break, I gotta play. Just a piece of what Serena Williams had to say when she was posed that question. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Easton, the Hero Southcast FM. Once again, five one six nine zero zero two two seven eight. Four years ago in London, you had the chance to spend some time with the Olympians from the basketball realm, including Kevin Durant. What are your thoughts on Durant moving now to the Golden State Warriors? That's crazy. They are stacked. <laughs> Yeah. Oof. Drums, please. Here it is, a groove slightly transformed Just a bit of a break from the norm 
Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. And think of the summers of the past. Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back, cause it's summertime. And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody go Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes She turn around to see what you beeping at It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hip you and to get you equipped for the summertime Definition of summer madness. I was disappointed. I was disappointed like I was disappointed when uh, LeBron went uh, to, to Miami. You know, Kevin's a terrific player. He's a good kid. Uh, but just disappointed that the fact that he weakened another team and he's going to kind of gravy train on a terrific Warriors team. I'm uh, just disappointed from a competitive standpoint because it would mean more to win one. Just like it meant more to LeBron to win one in Cleveland. It would win. It would mean more to Kevin to win one in Oklahoma than it would be in Golden State. 
Uh, no, listen, I, I, I'm not going to hate on Kevin Durant. Just disappointed. Like I say, but I was disappointed when LeBron, like I was really excited when LeBron went back to Cleveland because I knew it would mean more to that city. If Golden State wins again, it'd be like, well, we expect to win. We just won a championship two years ago. We just won 73 games. Think about this, uh, guys. Isaiah Thomas, who I really admire and respect, can you imagine him leaving Detroit, going to play with the Celtics because he couldn't beat them? No, I could never imagine. But when he beat them and won the championship, it meant more. Can you imagine a great Michael Jordan said, you know what, I can't beat the Pistons. I'm going to go play for the Pistons. No, he got more joy beating the Pistons, winning it. Because when you're the bus driver, Isaiah Thomas has a great saying, and I totally agree. It's a lot different. All these guys who are bus riders, I don't care what they say or what they think, but I really care about the bus drivers because on every team there's a bus driver. Most of those guys are just bus riders. I think it's a it's a scapegoat move. Uh, you know, we you can use any words you want to. I think it's a scapegoat move to try to ease your way into a championship. And let's be realistic. Golden State is probably going to win a couple championships in the next three or four years. Uh, just like, you know, when they put that Miami team together, they were going to win a couple championships because at some point they, it's going to work and they're going to be better because all these other teams are going to get weaker at some point also. All right, so that was – that was the thoughts from uh, obviously Charles Barkley talking to um, uh, just talking to Mike and Mike in the morning on ESPN Radio yesterday. It's it's such a a tough situation for every Oklahoma City Thunder fan out there, and you know how do you pick up the pieces? That's the uh, that's the next question really when it comes to that. There are no big free agents that you really want to pick up that are going to just change everything for you. Let's be honest, it's just not. There aren't really – there's no guy you can replace Kevin Durant with. That's impossible. Yes, you picked up Oladipo. He's a great uh, – a young player. You got Sabonis. You got Steven Adams. You got you got some talent there. But you don't have enough talent to win a championship. Let's be real. Russell Westbrook can only do with so much. And it's, it's, it's interesting. We always said, like, who wants the team more? That was always the big thing. Who wants the team more? And obviously, it looks like it's going to be Russell Westbrook for right now. I, and I can't even say fully just because I really do believe he's going to go to L.A. I am in all the way in with him going to Los Angeles. I, I just think that makes the most sense for who he is. He's flashy. He's that type of guy. I think that he's he'll, he'll enjoy and bask in that limelight. There's no, but there's no other guy that I think would enjoy it more. So I really do hope he um, makes that decision and does go to to the Lakers and and if I'm Oklahoma City, please make that trade. Don't handcuff your your organization thinking that Russell Westbrook's going to be loyal. Just make that trade. It's it's really what you have to do in this situation to give yourself a chance. I say that all the time. Give yourself a chance. That's that's all you need to do in this situation. Like I said, I'm getting you're getting responses from everybody in the sports world, their thoughts, and I, I'm like I like to look through everybody's opinion. You know, most most opinions that I've been hearing engaging has been like, yeah, this is this is not a good idea. This isn't good for the NBA. Uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. I already saw the parody videos on um, YouTube with NBA 2K having Durant on the Warriors and. 
it being a larger than life team. Like I, I saw the memes, I see the, the different gifts that have been made. I even used one to promote the show today, uh, with the whole WWE mix with the Shield. So it's a lot. It's a lot going in. Everybody's very invested in it. Now every Warriors game is basically going to be nationally broadcasted, and uh, every loss is going to be amplified because this team is not supposed to lose now. That's what people are going to think. The naive fan is going to think this team can never lose a game. That's that's going to be the tough part, in my opinion. It's just how do you make the adjustment? Because now you go from being the um, – the lovable, you know, everybody wants to be like you type of guys to now the hated, the horrible, like everything bad. That's what they go to now. It's going to be a process. It's just, it's going to be a tough process. And, you know, you hope that things do get better for this organization. And, uh, and I'm talking about Oklahoma City. You hope things get better for this organization. You just hope Golden State can try to figure out a way because they're going to get a lot of haters, man. They can win another seven. They can win 76 games and it won't be enough. They got to win a title. There has to be a straight sweep to the title. That's it. I mean, that is it. They have to win a title. So the pressure's on. The pressure is definitely on. And also, you want to talk pressure. The other big free agent that's out there is Dwayne Wade. Now, it should be a no-brainer that Dwayne Wade's supposed to get you know, whatever he asks for in Miami because he's done so much for this organization. He's helped them win them three titles. I think he basically won them one title because that playoff series back in 06 where he was a young player and he just took over. I mean, he really had his coming out party during that NBA final stretch. when it, And this was a team that had Shaq on it. And he wants that type of Kobe deal to end his career. You know, that that give him $25 million a year type of deal. That's what he's looking for, two years, 25 a year. Um, it's funny because Dirk Davisky, I think, accepted two years, forty million, from Dallas to stay there and finish his career there. Uh, he's had such a great working relationship with Mark Cuban. I've never heard them being separate with money or having any issues there. They've always been on the same page. Now, in regards to Dwayne Wade, I always thought him and Pat Riley had an understanding, but he's taken a lot of pay cuts. I, I have to give him credit for that. He's never been the highest paid player on the team. For a guy that is quite arguably a future Hall of Famer to never have been the highest paid player on the team, that does mess with your ego. And this is a guy that has a big ego, but he's he's put it to the side for so many years when you've had the Shaqs, obviously, as a young player, you have no choice. But, uh, you know, for Chris Bosh, for LeBron James, to make sure to get them signed, he had to take pay cuts. It's It's something like that. That has to stay on your, you know, on your back, and and you have to worry for a player like uh, Dwayne Wade. Like you want him to get what he what he deserves. You want him to get what he deserves. I think fifty million is a lot, but he played extremely well in that playoff series. The whole playoffs in general, he played very well. He was the reason why they were able to push it to seven games. I, if I'm Miami, show him the money. I think. Denver is already willing to give it to him now. I don't even think they met with him yet. They're saying, "Yeah, here you go. Two years, fifty million is yours. Just, just come, come to us. Come to us, please." It's definitely a uh, <laughs> a tough uh, transition 
if you're going to be Dwayne Wade to even consider leaving after everything you've built there, it's such a just it's such a huge, huge part of the community. I mean, Dwayne Wade is basically a king in, in Miami. There's no exaggeration to that one. To now have to possibly just give up and go for the money, go for the respect, and go to Denver? And then there's that whole, you know, oh, well, maybe he might take less money and join up with his friend LeBron. Nice idea, but it's not happening. At least in my opinion. You know, I've been wrong plenty of times, so it's hard for me to give a definite because I didn't see Kevin Durant leaving OKC. It's it's going to be a problem. Just trying to stay on the same page, just trying to just trying to really get a consensus because they have so much financial issues with Miami. Giving Whiteside 98 million, he had to get a max contract in order just to keep him. That changes a lot. Do they comp him, you know, do they do they go 45 million for 2 years? Do they do they do that? I don't know. They're 10 million away. They're literally $10 million away from getting this deal done. Pat Riley, this is this is all you here, man. Can you get it done? Now, back to this whole Kevin Durant situation. Him being flirted, you know, flirting with different teams because that's how this whole process goes. And um, talking to Miami, Miami was ready to trade all these players to get him the big money contract. They would give, they would break it down the whole scenario. So that got a guy like Dwayne Wade jealous. It did. He wasn't in any of the meetings, obviously. He wasn't getting the big money contract offer. So, yes, Dwayne Wade was jealous. He's, he's very jealous. And I, I can't blame him because you're a player. You've done so much. You see them bring in this new guy, and they're like, oh, man, I want to do all this for him. I want to do this, $100 million for You know, do all this, throw all this money at him, make all these deals. But you won't go an extra $10 million for me? That's why we don't have loyalty a lot in the NBA. That's why these players might as well say, you know what? If I'm not going to get paid the way I want to be paid, at least let me enjoy my time wherever I'm at. That's, let me go with my best friend and try to win a couple titles. Or if I'm having personal problems and I just need to get out of there, like LeBron, that's part of the reason why LeBron left. He did have personal issues on the side. And you just want to get out of there. That's another alternative. And these are all things that you gotta keep in, in you gotta keep in perspective. It's not always about the money with some players, especially the veteran players that have been getting hundred million dollar contracts for a long time. It's about being comfortable, it's about respect. It's very important. The word respect has been thrown around as a joke, obviously, with the whole respect, you know, thing from Birdman, but it's such an important thing in any negotiation, especially with a with a veteran player that's put in all this this effort. It's it's a lot. It's definitely a lot to consider. And I don't even know what's going to be done moving forward for like just players and teams and cuz and and I say this out of confusion because we're heading into an even bigger cap. So even more questions are going to be 
tossed around as to how much a player's worth. And should you be throwing all this money at them for this reason and that reason? It's it's going to be that way. But um, just to finish off with my uh, reactions from the Kevin Durant large signing, I thought it'd be cool to hear. Well, actually, there's another radio host, uh, Callan Coward. He hosts the herd. You see it on uh, Fox Sports. Um, their network on Fox Sports Network is the TV version of it, as well as on the radio. And he gave his thoughts on Steph Curry and Kevin Durant because they're millennials. This is why they're doing this. Millennials is the reason why they decided to team up. That's that's where we're, we've gotten to right now. I, I it's look. I don't know. I'm I'm considered a millennial, I guess. I never like to use that term. I just think it's dumb now we're categorizing what we are. But he blames the time you were born and the respect level and the work ethic and well, you just got to listen to it for yourself. But uh once again, you listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. It's not just Durant. Could I make this argument? That Steph Curry and Durant, by doing this in unison, together, both took themselves ever out of the close-to-MJ argument, close-to-LeBron argument, is that Steph, in the last two finals, has eroded, is about 70% of the player. So the writers can make Steph Curry unanimous MVP, but we know those last two finals and now the willingness to be the second-best player in a team kind of takes Steph Curry, the happy millennial, out of the, and it may not mean anything to him, out of the all-time top 5, 10 great. And KD, by doing this, Durant takes himself out of the top 10 ever, regardless of championships. So they're millennials. This is what they do. They hang out with their peers. They're not about the alpha male. Clap, 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 clap. But in the process, there's a downside and a duality to everything. And the duality to this is KD, win or not, takes himself out of the all-time top 15 category. And Steph Curry, after the last two finals and loving this, is also acknowledging, ah, I need help. And LeBron left Cleveland not because he didn't have enough help. LeBron left Cleveland because he didn't have any help. They were the worst team in the league the following year. LeBron said, I just want some help, and I don't trust my franchise. He went to Miami, won titles. Then he goes back to Cleveland, and Cleveland's still bad. And he says, I didn't go to Cleveland from Miami for great help, but they've got Kyrie. Can you get me a veteran Kevin Love? LeBron has only sought some help. LeBron just wants some help. Like, Durant needs more help. He's already got help. He's already got a great organization in OKC. He wants more help. So, slow clap for being a millennial. <laughs> Acknowledge that's wonderful. But it is, and this is why I'm shocked, it is sort of a can't beat them, join them. And it's, that's the optics of it. That's what it is. Well, you can't tell by 
130 pounds. Unbelievable. He's going to put about seven and a half pounds of hot dogs and buns into it during this day. There he is from Boston, Massachusetts. Oxford, just outside of Boston. Jeffrey Esper, another guy. Very much in the run for third place. But Sincati, I think, is really the favorite now. Now a 12-dog edge. Chestnut over Stoney. Just under three and a half to go. Sincati at 33. You got Stoney and Chestnut. Both north of 40. We haven't even ticked off seven minutes yet. Stoney is still very much in this contest at a pace right at 80 at this moment. It's unbelievable. We, we, we've left the uh, contingent world and entered the metaphysical because I've never seen numbers like this ever in my life. There's Chestnut. He continues, but Stoney, he's not giving up. I mean, he's hard on it. His pace is just slow. He's slow by almost a dog and a half per minute against Chestnut. Well, you know, they say that you celebrate victories, you learn from losses, and Joey told me that he really learned last year that he had to come in prepared mentally and physically. He retooled his game, redoubled his efforts, and he's shown that the results of that discipline are on display here. And he's changed part of his training style coming to this. He looked at everything that he's been doing, erased all that, started with a fresh pace. Well, yeah, he's also not the young man that he once was, you know. Tom Brady, you know, he has to change his game when he gets north of 30-32, and that's what... Gideon Oji. Fourth place, 32. Nigerian. Chestnut 62, last year's winning number, now to 63, a minute and 16 to go. This is going for Chestnut, barring some sort of catastrophic occurrence It would here. take a reversal at this point, Paul. And we've talked it's about in the margin. rules, you may not have a reversal of fortune. That would change this contest, certainly. It's unbelievable. In the final minute. 15 hot dog margin in the final minute. He could get to a Nathan's record. 69 was the record on this corner. Joey looks like he's going to do it again. He will return to his rightful place atop the food chain. He is the tyrant lizard king, the king of Coney Island. This is not a democracy, Paul. This is one man rule, and the ruler is Joey Chestnut. 30 seconds now to go. Joey Chestnut with seven. He's averaging still 7.1 dogs per minute. Can he get to the record? Can he get past it? Is he going to get anywhere near 70? 20 seconds to go. Chestnut well over Stoney. Stoney's not in the game. It's all about Chestnut. It's all about the mustard belt, and it's all about the record now. 10 seconds to go. He's got to get that one down. There we go with 69. Final second. He got it. And he got 70. The most he hot hit dogs, 70. The most hot dogs ever eaten on the corner of Surf and Stillwell Avenues by the greatest eater in the history of mankind. Well, if he wanted to be inspired by last year to bring him to a comeback, there it is. Joey Chestnut, it's unofficial, but 70 dogs and buns. Stoney well behind with 53. So that was uh, Joey Chestnut regaining his title. The mustard belt is his again. 70 hot dogs. Yes, 70 hot dogs eaten by Joey Chestnut. He's the he's the champion again. He got back his crown. And, man, you can hear the excitement. Like, I've been to these things before, and it's so much that goes into it for, like, the, the training, the preparation. These guys do so much. You know, I'm never, I would never say these guys aren't athletes. 
But um, it, it's it's just a lot, like really a lot they have to go through, and uh, ah man, it's incredible. Like the the training you need to do for your stomach, it's really a sport. Yes, it seems gruesome for a lot of people. I get it. You don't have a strong stomach to have to see somebody stuff down whatever food they're eating. Basically, eating is a real deal. I mean, I've talked to a couple of these guys, uh, Eric uh, Badland, Badlands Booker, who, who does it all the time. Uh, I've spoken to him before about it. He just, it's it's such a a discipline, such a discipline you got to just to be able to take that all those different foods and hot dogs, let alone like it's 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 a lot. It's just a lot. So I don't, you know, I don't know how it's going to go in terms of people considering more of a sport. Like, this is the only thing I, I, I think they really broadcast. I haven't seen any other events because there are, are, like, a schedule of events that go on. This is obviously the biggest one. And it's it was just incredible, just the environment, how packed it gets down in Brooklyn here for at Coney Island outside the famous Nathan. So uh, this is the, the post game and uh, them announcing the winner to the crowd. So uh, just take a listen. Last year, Matt beat Joey Chestnut and knocked him down. But there are no white flags in San Jose, and he came back stronger than I have ever seen before. With 70 Nathan's famous hot dogs and buns, a Coney Island record, former eight-time champion of the world, the once and future king, Joey Chestnut! That was a tough day for Matt Stoney. Heck of a day for this rookie Carmen Sincotti and a record-setting day for Joey Jaws Chestnut who put together his ninth championship out here in Coney Island. And now Joey is with George Shea. You're here in Coney Island. This is your town. This is your neighborhood. You own this corner. How does this feel? Last year was a tough year. How does it feel to come back? Oh, last year was rough, but uh, as I was leaving, everybody was like, oh, it's going to make next year better. And uh, everybody was right. It, this year, the best year ever, and coming back to Coney Island. and This audio, oh, the crowd, is, uh, it's amazing. One question. Will you be back next year to give Matt a chance at the champ? You know, he has a chance to qualify, and uh, if he, maybe he'll break a record in his qualifier. And, you know, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. Ladies and gentlemen, the rock on which he stands is not a rock. It is the United States of America. He has God's username and password, and he does with it what he chooses. He is American exceptionalism. He is America itself. Joey Chestnut! All right, so that was Joey Chestnut uh, saying he'll, he will be back next year to do this again. Uh, hey, he's the hot dog champ. Can't go wrong with that. So congratulations to him. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, he represents America. That was the whole big thing, you know, trying to get it back. Um, it was, it's, it's, it is what it is. I, I put it out there for people. If you want to see a bunch of grown men and women take down a lot of hot dogs and different foods, it's all about it. But it is a skill. And I do give these people a lot of respect 
just for how you how disciplined you have to be. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing else you can do. You got to be disciplined with your stomach, how you're feeling. It's it's that important. So definitely a big deal. Also a very big deal. We have the Major League Baseball All Star Game, and yes, yes, the rosters have been officially announced. Uh, I'm gonna pull them up right now. Now, one of the main things that they do every year is they have like the final vote. So if you go to MLB.com now, there's a couple of names up there from the American League. You got Ian Kinsler, Evan Longoria, Dustin Pedroia. Uh, you got Saunders, and you got a uh, Springer from uh, the Houston Astros. All of- all going for that uh, last spot. In the National League, you've got uh, Brandon Belt, Ryan Braun, uh, you got Lamb, you got Marte, and uh, Trevor Story, the, uh, the the rookie sensation Trevor Story might have a chance to get into the All-Star game. So definitely take a look at that. Make sure you vote and vote often because these are the last spots available in the entire All-Star game. Now, for the American League, for the American League, this is basically pretty easy. You got David Ortiz, you got Mike Trout, you got Jackie Bradley Jr., you got Mookie Betts, you got Xander Bogarts, you got Manny Machado, you got Jose Altuve, you got Eric Hosmer, and you and like I said, Salvador Perez at catcher. That's the that's the starters right now for the American League. But the big story regarding that is you got one, two, three, four Red Sox players will start in the All Star game. That just basically lets you know how it's gonna be. Uh, the Royals were able to get two in there. They're the defending champions. They're going to be managed by their manager because they won the championship last year. In the National League, it's going to be Terry Collins because he was in the World Series. Now, the reserves, um, you got Steven Vogt, uh, Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters is going to be um, in there for as the extra catcher. I believe there is an injury in regards to that. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, Robinson Cano, Josh Donaldson, Francisco Lindor, Eduardo Nunez. Carlos Beltran of the Yankees, Ian Desmond, Mark Trumbo, and Edwin Encarnacion of the Blue Jays. Pitchers, you got Dylan Batances of the Yankees, Brad Branch of the Orioles, Zach Britton of the Orioles, Alex Colom, Wade Davis, Marco Estrada, Cole Hamels, Will Harris, Kelvin Herrera, Craig um, Kimbrell from the Red Sox, Andrew Miller from the Yankees, Danny Salazar from the Indians, Chris Sale from the White Sox, and Stephen Wright from the Red Sox. Red Sox got a bunch of players in it this year. So, for the uh, National League All-Star, you have Buster Posey, you have Anthony Rizzo, Ben Zobris, Chris Bryant, Addison Russell, Yoenis Cespedes. And we're pulling up the rest. Yoenis Cespedes, Dexter Fowler who may not play because of injury, so we'll see how that goes. Bryce Harper of the Nationals, that was an automatic given. Uh, reserves, Jonathan Lucroy of the Brewers, Wilson Ramos, Paul Goldschmidt, Will Myers, Daniel Murphy, the former Met, uh, Nolan Arenado, Matt Carpenter, Corey Seager, Adam Duvall, Carlos Gonzalez, Odubel Herrera, Marcel Ozuna, and for pitchers, 
You got Jake Arrieta, who's been dominant. Madison Bumgarner, Johnny Cueto, Jerry's Familia from the Mets, Jose Fernandez from the Marlins, Kenley Jansen from the, from the Dodgers, as well as Clayton Kershaw, who may not play because of injury. John Lester, Mark, Melon Mark Melican, uh, A.J. Ramos, Fernando Rodney, Steven Strasburg, Noah Syndergaard also from the Mets, and Julio Teheran. So... Decent rosters. Decent rosters. I'm okay with it. I think this is the type of team that they want to put out there. Um, I'm, I'm, the only thing I think I'm a little bit skeptical is with the fan voting for the for the starters. I don't think there should be that many Red Sox players in there in the starting lineup. Same thing with the Cubs. Because it's basically the Red Sox versus the Cubs. I think it's really cool when you have a guy like David Ortiz, who definitely deserves a spot. There's no, there's no um, arguing that. Ortiz, his final year, having an amazing year, one of his best years, and you're happy that he's able to, um, you know, just get, still keep pushing along and uh, just still be effective. I don't know if they're going to do anything special for him just because he wasn't the level of a Derek Jeter in many people's minds. You know, he's not Cal Ripken-esque. He's not going to get that type of reaction, but we'll see how they treat him at the All-Star game. I mean, the guy earned his way on that on this team. This, there's no question about it. No question. Like, he earned this spot. So, uh, I'm going to be uh, really curious to see how they handle it. Will they do a special presentation or something when his final at bat? Uh, that's the fun stuff I look forward to. Also looking forward to when the official announcement of the Home Run Derby because I'm hearing pitchers want to hit Bumgarner, who just recently in a game when he he just recently in a game where he was playing the American League. Now remember he plays in the National League, so he has to hit anyway. In the American League, they used him as the DH. They actually used him as the DH for San Francisco. I, I've never I personally have never seen that before. I, that's the first for me. I, I think it's been done before. But that's how good a hitting pitcher he is. So, you know, hats off to him. That's that is ridiculous. You don't see that often. You don't see any type of manager one to you know not take advantage of the DH, the DH spot. So just a uh, just a testament to how good he has been. So Madison Bumgarner, you know he's a guy that wants to be in a home run derby. Noah Syndergaard from the Mets, great hitter, great hitter as well. Can he get him? I would love to see pitchers who can rake actually in this. So uh, I don't know, you know anything is possible. It's always a uh, a big waiting process. In, in regards to how they get it done and who's going to have to um, come out because there's going to be a lot of position players that do want to do it, but I think a lot more people will watch if they see all these different uh, pitchers trying to, you know, really compete and hit. So I would I would definitely like to see uh, more of that. But uh, what we're going to do is take my last break, and when we come back, I'm going to wrap the show up. You're listening to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. I'm just a Easy go, little high, little low. Anyway, the wind blows. 
Yeah, it happened uh, third quarter. Came out, tried to fix it, drinking a lot of fluids, and then um, tried again. Obviously, uh, got to the rim, and then as soon as I exploded to the rim, that's when I kind of kicked in. How did you feel about why something like this would happen? I know it's been a while since you Yeah, it's been about five four five months five. since I played. Um, yeah, that's, that's the main reason, obviously, I ben, played a lot. So. Ben, you and Jalen went up against each other all game long. What was it like facing up against him? Again. Um, it was good um, playing with the guys. Uh, obviously, I'm adjusting to everyone, everyone's skill set. So um, I think we're just growing as a team and obviously getting better every day. So I'm looking forward to it. What are you trying to be moving forward to prevent something like this from happening again? More, more bananas, fluids, right? More fluids. Uh, you know, it's just adjusted, obviously. You know, the game's a lot harder, a lot quicker. Uh, so one of those things you just got to stay on. And you look like you let the game come to you. Is that the way you always? Definitely. You know, I don't try to force anything, but, um, you know, obviously practice is where you try to force things and see how things work out. But for me, uh, this, thing, this atmosphere is great. The way you see the court, the way you find open man, do you think that's going to be any kind of transition for you, or is it just going to be the same as you did in college? Um, I think it will change. You know, it's, obviously it's not as easy as college because, you know, proactive. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities where I can find guys like I did today uh, you know, in the season. What's the biggest thing you ever picked apart tonight? Drink fluids. Gotta keep the fluids <laughs> up. Um, you know, I, was, that's the worst I've ever cramped, so I'm definitely gonna stay on that. How comfortable were you in the offense tonight? It seemed like you were getting a lot of good passes. Yeah, I, yeah, I was very comfortable. You know, I like the way um, Coach has been calling the sets, and you know, I've been enjoying playing with everybody on the team, so I'm looking forward to the next game. Do you like the idea of the ball in your hands from the beginning of the season? Uh, no, I just like playing. <laughs> So that was Ben Simmons, the uh, number one overall pick of the Philadelphia 76ers, talking after his uh, first his first game, I guess you could officially say NBA-related. This was in the Summer League, uh, playing against Jalen Brown and the Celtics. This is in Utah on July 4th. And uh, he, he had left with a cramp. Everybody got a little worried. They thought it was something worse, the way he uh, hobbled off. But uh, he just had a bad, bad case of cramps, so he just got to drink more fluids. That's common sense now. But... Uh, Summer League is underway. You know, looking at the different rosters, getting a chance to look at these rookies, saw some exciting plays. Uh, Bryce Johnson threw it down on some of the Knicks yesterday. Well, these aren't the real Knicks. These are the Summer League Knicks. And he really showed me something there. Obviously, these games are not high priority. You know, all of them are available, I think, via the ESPN app. You can check them out. Or on NBA TV. They have them on TV as well. Just they're, they're very... You you see why a lot of these players are not in the NBA. That's that's a good way to look at it. You see the rookies amongst them who can play and who can't play. But I must say Ben Simmons was very very impressive during his outing, and I I I think that he's proven once again why he's the number one pick and why he's a guy that brings so much hope and promise to the Philadelphia 76ers in their organization. I think he's going to be somebody that will stick around for a while. And I, you know, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm definitely looking at it. I can see why they haven't gone hard at getting a point guard because there's been talk like he could play more of that point forward situation, like a Magic Johnson type. That's been the big discussion regarding Ben Simmons, and I see it. I see a little bit of everything. So I'm um, I'm actually really excited to see what he can bring to the next level. Can he continue to grow? Uh, just looking at some of the other 
things going on with the summer league, you know, it's it's obviously getting a lot of players chances to uh, to make rosters and make it to training camp. Cause that's the, really the goal of summer league in, in itself. Seeing Phil Jackson in Orlando during the Knicks uh, matchups, it, it kind of got you thinking, like, man, um, Phil is one hundred percent in. Because I don't remember seeing him much in Vegas. Maybe it's just me. I didn't remember seeing him as much, but he's definitely all in. And I I love that what he's done. Uh, he signed a player. Uh, I can't pronounce the guy's last name. He's from Lithuania, who has who reminds everybody of Danilo Gallinari from overseas for a decent contract for two years. He also bring over Willie Herman Gomez, who we drafted or traded for last year in the draft, and we got his rights. And now he's going to be over here next year. So the roster's filling up. Lance Thomas was picked up, well re-signed, I should say. The big question now, in my opinion, before for in my opinion to become an A plus off season. I'm going to need Langston Galloway back on his team. That's my opinion. I need Langston Galloway to be back on this team. For this to be an A-plus offseason for the Knicks, give me Langston Galloway. Money's going to be a problem, but they have the early bird rights. Let's see if he'll take it. Galloway's a guy that I think is very important. He's he's a very key guy, very hard-nosed player, plays hard. May not get the minutes like he used to with the bringing in of Jennings and having Courtney Lee, who was also a, a brilliant signing. I'm happy we avoided the whole Dwayne Wade fiasco. Get Langston Galloway back on this team, and I just think it's a fabulous offseason. You just did everything you're supposed to do. You addressed areas of concern that the backcourt's going to be better. You still got Justin Holiday. You can add in Langston Galloway to be that extra guard that can play a combo position. It makes the most sense. They can bring back Langston Galloway, then I'm really excited about this Knicks team. I am really excited because you know what you're going to get out of him. You know he's going to play hard. That's the type of player that I want on my team. That's that's really what it's all about. But uh, Phil Jackson really surprised me. He really showed me that he's he's dedicated to making this thing work. These moves, bringing in Brandon Jennings, bringing in Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah, these are all moves of a team that wants to win now. And not and, and I like it. It's all one-year deals. Let's get it in now. Let's see what we got. Let's see who should stay and who shouldn't. That's what it should be about. So I am 100% a fan of just letting this thing play out, see what type of team we have, and and just growing. And I'm talking from a Knicks perspective. I really like what the Brooklyn Nets did, bringing in Jeremy Lin, uh, Tyler Johnson on the offer sheet. You got uh, Isaiah Whitehead, obviously, from the draft. They brought in some players, man. Like they, they brought in some guys that are young, that are exciting, that are going to bring people to want to come to the Barclays Center to see the Nets play. There are people worth seeing. And it doesn't mean they have to be household names yet, but you know they're going to bring excitement. That's a big deal. So, Nets fans, this, is a, this has been a very good offseason. Very good. You didn't spend a lot of money. You don't have draft picks, but you brought in young talent. You're able to find ways to get draft picks. I really like Kenny Atkinson. I think he's going to be a great coach. Um, you know, Sean Marks obviously doing a job as a GM. I, I think Brooklyn's heading in the right direction for the first time in a while. I, I have to salute Brooklyn. I, I And I'm talking about the Brooklyn Nets. I'm always going to salute Brooklyn. But the Brooklyn Nets, you got to give them their due. Just definitely, that's that's how you get it done. It's, it's really how you get it done. I, I, there's no other way to describe it. But, uh, hey, who knows? 
Who knows how it's going to play out. Lakers, still a lot of work that needs to be done. I like Ingram, but uh, Nick Young, they got to get him under control. He's been he's been uh, a little bit infrequent, a little bit, you know, a little bit out there in his own way. Nick Young almost blew his hand off We're playing with fireworks again. It's like you can't write this stuff. You just learn from the whole JPP situation. And if you haven't seen that PSA, it is on keepingarealsports.com right now. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. Big show tomorrow as well. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Oh, <laughs>